Hi, and welcome to Second Rate Film School. I'm Andrew. And I'm Jake. And he, we are here today to talk about the finale to Better Call Saul, um, one of our favorite shows. I mean, at least mine. I don't want to presume you, but I'm going to assume yes. 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 That's a good assumption. If, you, if you're talking about it, yes. Um, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, um, to, for perspective um, on this, um, I'm currently on the East Coast. Jake is still back on the West Coast. So I got to watch it a few hours before he did. So I just texted him saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, you know, he had to wait to watch it. And I stayed up till one in the morning to hear what he had to say about it. Uh, that's how much I loved it. And I was wait super excited to hear what you had to say. So, um, yeah. Yeah, you actually remind me I have to cancel my AMC Plus account because I just got it. Just I signed up for the the seven day subscription just to watch the finale because I, I missed the encore. So and yes, um, yeah, <laughs> but it was it, it was it was worth it. Yeah, one of the um, finest like seventy ish minutes. I don't know what the actual runtime is um, of television ever. Like I mean, that was superb. Yeah, this is like it's peak television. It's it capped off one of the best shows I've ever seen. Probably the best prequel ever. Um, the best spinoff, maybe. I mean, I guess Frasier, if we're going to count that. But maybe in terms of a dramatic show, a dramatic series, it's, it's the only one that I can think of. Yeah, the I mean, the only technical um, spinoff shows that I think has, um, that most people enjoy are like this, Frasier, and then like The Simpsons. Like, oh, and NCIS, also a spinoff of a different show that no one remembers yes i'm a 65 year old lady i like watching ncis um but yeah no i think this is the best of them i mean i love frazier but like this is you know I, at least the best drama spinoff of all time yeah i mean who would have thought i mean i remember when they announced the show not too long after breaking bad ended it and Obviously, I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt and everything because they had did Breaking Bad, but it was a thing of, of like, can they pull it off? You know, it was, it was a little strange to do a spinoff of that. But then by season one, I mean, it was, it was pretty much an impeccable first season. Then once you got into, I think, the latter half by season four, that's kind of when you, you realize that it was, I think, just as good as Breaking Bad. I mean, yeah. it just, I who would have who would have thought? I mean, it's just a testament to Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould and and everyone for being able to to crack the idea and, and to execute a prequel to its fullest. And then they, they saw it through till till the very end where I will, I guess we'll go ahead where in terms of what you thought of it. Yeah, no, um, though, I guess just like the season in general, it shows you how great of writers they all are and storytellers. Cause every episode went in a different direction that we're like well what the fuck are they gonna do now so you know i'm assuming if you're listening to this you've seen the show but like you know when they do the mid-season finale like oh my god you know howard's killed where are we gonna go for this you know like what's lalo gonna happen and then oh my god lalo's killed in the immediate next episode oh fuck what are we gonna do for like another five episodes and then it's like oh kim's gone oh what are we gonna do for the like the remaining three episodes and it was just like every episode was just keeping us on our toes and each like you know better than the last and uh yeah no i mean the ending was great um i saw someone sum it up as 
there were three deaths in the final episode. Gene died, Saul died, and then Jimmy was able to, like, lay to rest finally. They all had their three moments um, and plot points, and they all had their three goodbyes and deaths in a certain way you could look at it. And, um, yeah, I couldn't have been happier with the ending of this show. Like, I don't think they could have done any, like, better if they, like, wanted to. Yeah, well, for me, it was very unexpected because throughout the show, or at least throughout this season, getting towards the last half, I really thought they were going to just double down on the tragedy of Saul Goodman in terms of what Jimmy went through from season one onward. Um, I really thought it was going to end where he just was Saul Goodman and he'd always be, even if he got caught, he would still be Saul Goodman. And that was that. Um, And that's where I thought it was going at first, at least for the last half. But then uh, much to my surprise, pleasant surprise, he, he, he redeems himself. He gets his soul back and it actually goes back to what was always there from, from the beginning of the show where Jimmy was never a bad guy. I think Vince Gilligan best described him as like this rascal, you know, he had got into a, you know, got into some trouble and everything did, did some bad things, but he was a good guy at heart. Um, he just got screwed over and then things outside of his control led him to become Saul Goodman. And then you know, he, he grew worse himself and, and he doubled down on that. But I was surprised to see him come out on top and see that he could change in the end. It, it's kind of like the reverse of Breaking Bad. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, no, it for me, it, um, I, I, you know, this shows you I'm not a great storyteller uh, or as much a great writer compared to like Gould and um, Gilligan and all the writers. Um, but like, I kind of was my prediction was basically a less well-written version of what happened of basically Kim somehow gets involved with um, Howard's like um, death that gets revealed and he turns himself in and it was to show that he was, you know, not the shittiest person in the world. Um, They, I did it a lot better than my initial um, interpretation. My interpretation was a little cheesy, I would say, in retrospect, now seeing how it was done. Um, But yeah, I kind of like was hoping for a kind of redemption for him that like, yeah, he was a fundamentally good guy who cut corners was how I always viewed Jimmy. He wanted to be the successful lawyer, but he didn't have the what it took for like someone like a chuck to get there legitimately so he was always looking for like the quick way to get there and that's kind of like what you know the slip and jimmy stuff was okay that that's gonna facilitate my you know getting that money from doing those slip and fall lawsuits facilitates me becoming a bartender because i can pay for bartending school so he instead of working legitimately hard for it and it just kind of like eventually he got in over his head with all this shit you know he goes from like doing slip and falls to being a mob lawyer and like getting involved in like a meth empire. And like, he was just way beyond his depth, but um, was still a fundamentally good person. And we kind of see that here with that, but they still had the balls to show, like it's kind of a still bleak ending to it, that he's in jail for the rest of his life or until he's like 80 something years old. And um, yeah, it was brilliant. And everyone, who was in this should get a fucking Emmy this year, that episode. Yeah, it's, it's a bittersweet ending. He gets his soul back. He does the right thing. The ironic thing is he still, he still pulls a Saul Goodman maneuver where he does lie, but he does it for the right reason where he gets, he gets Kim off. 
he absol- he tries to, you know, he kind of kind of lays down his he, he gives like the sacrifice play and makes sure Kim Kim doesn't get in any trouble and he takes the blame for it. And yeah. you know, he yeah. Now and that's actually an interesting thing because it seems from like I've been um heavily reading like the Better Call Saul subreddit and a lot of people are torn on um, his sa- sacrifice in the end because um, I initially interpreted it that way was um, you know my favorite. I think my favorite moment of the entire episode is when he gives his sob story to the prosecutors and um, you know Marie. That was very nice to see her. You know, um, some people said it was forced having her there. I I enjoyed it um, seeing her come back, and that was a great monologue she gave. But. Um, I viewed him torpedoing his um, deal was a callback to when he gives his sob story and the prosecutor's like, oh, you think the jury's going to buy that? He's like, oh, no, um, just one. That's all I need. That I interpreted um, is like, oh, he's doing this whole thing, trying to do the parallel. I built Walt up without me. Plan wouldn't work. And it could be extrapolated. Oh, without me, Kim couldn't have done this um some people point out grand juries or not grand juries um civil suits don't have juries so i i don't know i'm not a lawyer my entire law expertise comes from this show so i don't know that but um some people view it as he's not trying to get her off that he knows she might still be legally fucked up but he saw that she was willing to turn herself in and he realized oh, I'm going to get out in seven years, but I have nothing to get out to look forward to. I've lost Kim. I've lost everything that's important to me. That he then realized, I have to own up to everything. And that's how he redeemed his soul. So it doesn't do anything for her that he did just lie to get her down there. So he could kind of like, in his own way, apologize by you know showing I'm owning up to it. Because she wanted him to turn himself in. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Kim is going to get off scot-free. I think she still has some trouble coming. But I do think now what, what Jimmy did, it will lessen the blow to whatever happens. I, I think he took took the brunt of it. Or, I mean, you know, or it's still a little unclear there where it really. I mean, I think the point is, like, both, both are just in a good place now where they're able to just let go of all this stuff after, you know, what's been haunting them for the past or not haunting them for the past several years. Um, so they're both just, they're more honest people now with themselves and with each other. And even though they're not apart, um, they're kind of the closest they've been because of just the honesty of, of themselves. I mean, it was more honest than they, when they were together, when they were married, when they hatched that plan against Howard. Um, it's just, you know, done in a very bittersweet way. It was, yeah, it was, it was wonderful. Now, do you think um, we're supposed to in- interpret, because um, that's another thing people have been debating, Kim not returning the finger guns when Saul does, or Jimmy at that point does it. Um, view some people view that as it's a bittersweet thing where she's just like, I, I we're still we shouldn't be around each other because we're toxic, and that's the last time she's ever going to see him. Or it's kind of a, just a she's just too sad because she knows that like the life they had was gone, and she's still going to come back and see him. I interpret it still as a positive. You know, she's just like too sad, but you know, it was a positive enough interaction prior to that that she plans to come back and like doesn't hate him or anything like that. Because that 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 seems to be tearing the fan base apart. I, I I'm looking for a more optimistic ending with that, but um, I'm curious what you think. 
No, I, I think it is meant to be more optimistic. That's what I got from it. Even though he does the finger guns, it's he's doing that classic Saul Goodman thing, but it's on his own terms now for just spun in a more positive way. And and Kim just kind of acknowledges it. And she they they kind of part ways for for you know who long who knows how long it might be, but I'm I imagine she'll come back and see him again. Yeah, I think it's like maybe a every few months or once a year thing type thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it just I- well, yeah, it shows that he's going to be okay in prison because he was Saul Goodman. And as we saw in that bus scene, they all seemed to, to like that. So he's fine in prison. He's he's kind of doing the Cinnabon thing again. <laughs> he's doing that. So I, yeah. and then, you know, I mean, there, there is hope maybe when he said, you know, 86 years, was it 86 or 87? 80, I think it was 87 years. And they're like, uh, you'll probably be out in 30. So he'll be like in his 70s when he gets out. I think, I think they say, He's forty something years old, because um, this is this is supposed to be two thousand ten, apparently. Um, right. So he's right. Forty something years old, so yeah, he could if he's if he keeps his nose clean, could be out in thirty years, and it's just you know supposed to represent that he's trying to turn the page. You know, some people are, I think, a little too negative now. He's like, yeah, he's gonna fall back into being Saul and all that, and like be doing shit. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you know, there's always gonna be that personality trait there to an extent but i see so yeah he's gonna be doing the cinnabon thing you know making the bread in the um you know um, commissary and you know i i see a world almost kind of like andy dufresne you know doing taxes for um the guards and shawshank you know he's helping people with um legal advice and all that you know i mean you know whether it's inmates or guards and you know he's trying to be an honest person and is actually trying to help people um so yeah i, I view it as a bittersweet yeah he's in jail for basically the rest of his life but this is the happy ending where he owns up to it and is no longer slipping jimmy slipping jimmy saul and eugene are all dead it's just jimmy mcgill again that's the whole point i think of this um series has kind of been you know we see it throughout the episode where he asks um mike then walt um like if you had a time machine what would you go back and change and in their typical fashions mike yo implies he or says he doesn't want to go back he would like to go back to stop um his bribe um the first one i'm not the best with the breaking bad dates i assume the date he gave was when he gave his son the advice to um take the bribe which ultimately led to his murder could have been the murder in general um but then he ultimately decides he doesn't want to be corrupt um and you know i think that sums up mike you know mike is when we get down to it, a very thuggish, evil person. Like, I know he tries claiming he has a moral code, but, you know, as we saw in Breaking Bad, he was fine helping liquefy a kid and, you know, working with neo-Nazis and all that. Like, you know, he was definitely better than a lot of these guys, but it was still terrible. And that's the nice scene we see with um, Nacho's father when he says, you know, you're, you're all the same. You know, I think that definitely hit Mike to the core. And, you know, we saw you know, moments like when he had to kill Werner and um, a few seasons back where he, you know, realizes, I think, a little bit like, oh, I am a terrible, like, person. I've made horrible mistakes and that he just very earnestly wants to have not done that. And that's great. Walt is such a, like, snobbish, like, prick about science. He won't even entertain the idea of time travel being real. Um, but, yeah. Jim- and, then he, well, and then he doesn't even own up to his, like, greatest regret. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, 
I mean, it, that's a great scene because it's, you know, both these men from their own, the heads of their own shows in the same room and neither man can admit to their greatest regret. Um, it's just, but, you know, but Jimmy in the end is different from Walt because, I mean, I guess with the whole conceit with Walt from, from the beginning, he was always like this egotistical prick deep down. He did these things because he liked them. He did them for himself. Um, but with Jimmy, it was always different. He was always like a good guy. He just, you know, went down the wrong path. Um, so that was just, it was, it was a nice divergence. I, I, I thought they would go with kind of the irredeemable aspect again, but done through the more like tragic yeah. lens that they, they've been going for. But no, it, it wasn't like that at all. He, he changed. He, he did it. He, he actually owned up to these things and it, it felt organic. It didn't feel like a, a thing strung together in the final episode um, it, it is there throughout the final season. Yeah. It's kind of making that point because, I mean, think about it. I mean, Jimmy's life has been defined by these relationships, by Chuck, by Kim. Um, Howard and Walter. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're all in like a, all in a different way. To me, he, he loved Chuck, even though Chuck didn't really respect him. He loved Kim. Um but his heart was always in the right place with those albums. And then he, you know, eventually he gets with Walt again. And it's kind of a it's almost the symmetry with the similar relationship with him and Walt later on. It's like these two older, you know, these older men who just don't respect what he does kind of gets involved in that same relationship. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it feels consistent where, I mean, look, it, I think it still could have worked where he, he took that, that deal and <laughs> I still think the, the show could have worked if, if they did that because, you know, it is part of the show is this tragedy. But the fact that I've never seen a a tragedy done where they it come they come out in like a positive way at the end. I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah. Usually, it always ends in like a disaster, and it's always like a like a self inflicted thing. But here, it's like the character actually turns his life around and, and realizes the error of his ways. Yeah, because there's a version of this where I imagine where they show he takes the deal and it's almost kind of like it going back to the Shawshank, like you show he's living it up in the prison. He gets his mint chocolate chip ice cream, you know, and all that. He lives, he's golfing and all that. And then he gets out and, you know, Kim still wants nothing to do with him. You know, Francesca's moved on and he can't practice law anymore. And like, I can imagine a version of the show where it just shows he then has to go back to working as Cinnabon now, like in New Mexico, because like no one will hire him to do anything else. And that'd be just a completely bleak ending. But uh, yeah, no, it's interesting that they went that route and, you know, briefly going back to the time machine things like, yeah, this is, I think him kind of going back and trying to be like, trying to fix his mistakes with not um, handling Howard's death. Right. With Kim, I think what, the straw that broke the camel's back for her was he moved on way too quickly from that you we can see in the episode after that you know they're going about their days and she's fucking you know twisted up inside and you know he's kind of like already moved it into the back burner um you know and i think you know had he maybe shown more remorse or something that um maybe kim wouldn't have left him who knows but i think at least in his mind that was him going back to fix that mistake and um it's interesting to show across that episode how he evolved even in those interactions because when he had the conversation with mike he's just like yeah i just want to make money 
And then yep. he goes back, and when he then is with um, Walt, his regret's a little bit more realistic. He's like, yeah, I fucked up my knee. So the, the series running um, joke about his knee being bad, you know, and his first introduction in Breaking Bad, you know, he mentions, hey, my knees are bad. I have to get up. Like, and it's yep. like oh, no, he actually did hurt his knee. Um, nice to see the realization of why that is there. You know, he wanted to fix that young mistake. But, you know, it shows that his greatest mistake in life was a sore knee. Not, I got a man killed who he got shot in the head in my living room. Maybe I could go back and not do that. Or, hey, I got the love of my life to leave me. So he was still immature at the time. Um, and then we see he finally matures by the very end of it to, you know, torpedo his own deal. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool little arc. It, it reminds me of like a... I don't know, like a Christmas Carol kind of. I, I don't know. Kind of. It's hard to describe, but that's that's what it kind of reminded me of. <laughs> I, I, I just, um, yeah, kind of like this Frank Capra thing too. The whole time machine element and kind of look and wanting to fix that one mistake is very interesting. It, it's yeah. I again, it's very I, very I, unexpected. I have an elaboration. I think from that then. Um, one thing I noticed is the scene with Chuck. Um, People will point out that actually takes place the day before the premiere of or the pilot of uh, Better Call Saul because in it he says in the flashback he says I'll try and get the Financial Times for you I hear they now carry it I'll see you tomorrow and then the next day is the first episode of Better Call Saul and he's like hey I got you the Financial Times and Chuck was surprised in that episode um, it's very interesting that they pick that day and not just a random other date because. In there, you see Chuck seems to le be legit at want to, wanting to connect with Jimmy. Um, yeah. And he seems legit interested in his clients. And he says, you know, they all deserve the same um, care that uh, anyone gets. And Jimmy immediately throws it back in his face. And then that's when Chuck does the um, jibe at him, you know, saying, oh, just steal that from a motel. And they fall back in their rut that – and then, you know, the scene ends with Chuck walking away and his, with his copy of the time machine that I'm like, oh, wow, you know, that was, I think, I viewed it as Chuck trying to have his own time machine moment of he kind of felt bad for all these years that he's hated Jimmy and all that. And now in his lowest time in life, you know, he, Jimmy's helping him that he was like, maybe I should be nice to him. And Jimmy threw that in his face. And then he fell back into the old routine, and then we get to, you know, Better Call Saul as we know it, that maybe had the two of them sat down and had their conversation, you know, none of this would have happened, that they could have been different. But going for your Christmas Carol metaphor, he's the last one. He's ghost of Christmas yet to come. I kind of think that maybe that's a representation of um, Jimmy would have been like – you know chuck was alone bitter and had no one around him right he didn't take the um or if he chose to take the deal he would have had no one around him and be basically a prisoner of his own you know choosing after that that's what i thought was gonna happen <laughs> I, I thought, um but no um no that's actually an interesting point i think that makes sense <clears throat> too in the placement of it because what happens in season one that a scene like that could not have happened during that um, afterwards, because, you know, we know what happens there between them. Um, so yeah, that's an interesting observation. So kind of interesting how it loops back to the very beginning of the show. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's actually pretty cool. 
Yeah, and it's cool uh-huh. that, again, they structure it as Jimmy wants money with Mike. Then a little down the line, we see you know him being like, oh, no, I, I do have a regret I want to fix, but it's still a very selfish thing. And then he doesn't have that conversation there, but it still serves in that way that we see where he's kind of evolved to where like – or kind of – I guess because that one's the earliest one. Um, where he had originally devolved from in the other ones of he was trying to be an honest lawyer there. He was pissed that he could only get those types of clients, but he wasn't the scumbag we knew he would become later on. Um, so it's, it's very interesting that even though chronologically that was the earliest flashback, it came after a flashback to an event we did not see within the show and a flashback from a previous show. Yeah, very interesting of how it, um, even though it came at a different timeline point, it represented the final stage of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's an interesting observation. How he kind of those different scenes shows like it shows that he has like good in him still. He yeah. he's kind of slowly, even though it's it's minuscule, it shows that he was never a static character. He was never always like this. What's interesting about because I'm rewatching Breaking Bad right now, and I'm on the Saul stuff. Um, obviously like both stand on their own, <clears throat> excuse me, perfectly. Um, cause when you watch Breaking Bad, you can just view it as Saul Goodman as a scumbag lawyer. Um, but I will say it is like, it's very hard to not think of better calls, especially now, like having watched, finish, finished the show, watching Saul and Breaking Bad, it's, it's really hard to, to separate the two. Cause now I know what's going to happen to him, like who he really is, how this Saul Goodman really is just, it's an act. It's like to compensate for this inner pain. It's 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 like the shell. Um, but you know, you could you could you could do both. You could you know you could just watch Breaking Bad as is. But you know, it's one of the reasons why it's like such a great prequel. Um, yeah, it stand on its own. And it, but if you want to, it can enhance what's already there. Yeah. No. I mean, it's I I have to watch through Breaking Bad. I want I knew I wanted to wait to watch it again. Um, yeah. I think it's gonna be interesting because it forever will change how you watch Breaking Bad because one not only yes do you now know where Saul had been prior to this you know like you said that Saul Goodman was just an act and you know basically his heart being broken made him become this full fucking time but we also know where it's going obviously with um, part of the show being a sequel to Breaking Bad yeah Um, no that's true yeah so I mean it's gonna be very interesting um yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know the two can stand up on their own, but yeah, it's gonna be a little bit more difficult rewatching Breaking Bad for me, at least, where it's like, ah, look at the funny lawyer guy, and it's like, oh, this is an incredibly tragic character who has had horrible, horrible things happen to him um, in life. So it, it definitely is gonna shade my um, viewing of um, Saul and Breaking Bad. But no, I mean, I think. Um, the two of these and El Camino as well, you know, the we don't want to forget that existed in the Breaking Bad um, averse, um, all really melded together. And, um, you know, people are trying to talk about the timeline of the show, and it's very great how nebulous it is, but they do include enough details to make you realize what certain things are. Uh, apparently, he was only in like Omaha, Nebraska for like six months. I guess. Yeah, that, that's what I, I've seen. It's, it's it's only a few months, which is pretty surprising. I, I thought it was years. Yeah. But I guess, which if it's true, 
that makes it more interesting because it shows just how he couldn't stand being Gene for six months, for not even a year. Yeah, I mean that that makes it kind of more interesting if if that's true. Um, yeah, either way, I, it's interesting. I, but that, that's I an think interesting. it is because he um, meant they may, they mention on the phone when he's talking with Kim that's been six years since they talked. The divorce papers show two thousand four on the. Um, on the like paper so two six years mm. plus of 2004 gets us to 2010 um we know apparently breaking bad ends in 2010 based on canonically we know what walter white's birthday is and we know that all of breaking bad takes place over a year and then fast forward another year for the finale so it's like yeah that was apparently september of 2010 this is end of 2010 early 2011 at the latest i guess so Walter yep. White's been dead for a few months. So yeah, people are like, wow, Marie, um, it was really emotional. It's like, it's been like four months since Walt died. And like, you know, like, you know, under a year, a little over a year since Hank died. Like th th this has been a pretty um, stressful couple of years for everyone. No, yeah, I, I like seeing, well, going back to your point, how I've never seen a pre, something be a prequel and a sequel. I mean, Godfather Part Two is a sequel and a prequel. Yeah. This is a prequel and a sequel, if that makes sense. And that's, yeah. I didn't expect, I mean, I know we always got those black and white gene scenes at the beginning of all the other seasons, but I, uh, but it's just so interesting how the choice of doing that, how they wrapped everything up at the same time. And also a midquel too, part of it. Part of it. How? Because we're seeing scenes in the Breaking Bad timeline that we had never seen. So like we're seeing what happens when they go in the camper and then oh right we're seeing you know like kim talking to jesse you know right after all this um no that yeah, was a great it, scene it, yeah no it, but no sorry to interrupt but you're like yeah it's um very unique how they wove that tapestry so well i mean i had a feeling we were gonna get some cranston and um jesse like i did not think we were gonna get as much as we did that was a pleasant surprise yeah you know well it, it works because those scenes are there to, there are means to, to tell Saul's story in terms of where, where his character is at that time. Like when, when Walt and Jesse, when they appear in, in the, what it's like the third to last episode in the episode titled Breaking Bad, that whole episode is, is meant to be like Saul's like lowest point where he's hit rock bottom. Like his choice with Walter White is when he really, that's when he sinks at his lowest and when he, when he, he can't really come back from that anymore. I mean, he, he does, but like that, he, he crosses like all the other lines. I mean, beyond like Howard and everything. And he just doubles down on that. And, um, and then it all, of course it sets up everything that happens in the last episode. I mean, you have to dramatize that we can't, because we can't just assume everyone's seen Breaking Bad. You have to see what Walt and Jesse did to Saul so he could plead his, his sob story in the final episode. But they're all there to service Saul's story. It, it doesn't feel like fan tacked on fan service or anything like that. And, and the same with, with that scene with Jesse and, and Kim, that also takes place, I think, in that when Saul first shows up in season two. And it's so fitting that Kim's the one to give the seal of approval to of Saul to, to Jesse to ultimately like you use him as their lawyer. Um, I, th I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I again, like, you know, I, I was I had faith in them that they wouldn't make it fan servicey. I mean, after watching El Camino and seeing how they were able to bring Walt and uh, Mike back for flashbacks um, and make it feel very natural, I you know had the utmost faith in the creative team behind this that 
listen, if Walt and Jesse are going to be in this somehow, it's not just going to be some BS. Look at the, it's the guys you like. It's going to be for something important. It's like, yeah, it's very interesting watching that Breaking Bad scene um, where now we get in the trailer and he's kind of like worming his way into them already. And, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, the, you know, even though he just had a gun shoved in his head and was put in front of a grave, he knows like, Oh, I know these two guys. I can, they're marks for me now. I can weasel my way. It's like, Oh yeah. You know, the, it's bad back there. Oh yeah. At least you're not like on your bad knees and all that. And like, you know, cracking jokes almost with them that he knows he's like, Oh, I can take advantage of these two and make a shit ton of money. And that's, very fascinating to have seen that perspective from it also fascinating too just to tell it from saul's perspective that episode because because i i i finished season two of breaking bad recently and going back to watch his first episode um now watching better call saul it's kind of interesting how they kind of tucked in between there where saul chose to Saul, you know, chose to, to, you know, to make Walter White a, a client and everything. That moment he goes into, he walks into the high school, like, I know, I know in Breaking Bad, it's sort of like, he's being like this kind of sneaky guy, but in the context of Better Call Saul, it's a thing where Mike advises him, hey, don't get involved with this guy, he's bad news, but, you know, he can't get out of Saul's head, he sees it as a good opportunity, it's slipping Jimmy. And then he fully commits to it. When, once he walks in that school, his life is never going to be the same. Like that, that's his rock bottom. And that's when he really can't turn back. Yeah. So it was great. It was, it's a very interesting moment just seeing it from the other perspective now. So when you see him walk into that, that school in Breaking Bad, obviously it stands on its own because, again, you just see Saul Goodman as a scumbag lawyer for kind of, kind of blackmailing Walt. Um, but you can also see it as, you know, where this guy's been coming from too. I mean, you, you could do both or, um, yeah. What well, the point is it stands on its own, which is, which is important. Yeah, no. Um, and that's the thing, you know, I, some people are like torn with, um, you know, Marie's inclusion that, you know, some people say, if you're a better call Saul fan only, it doesn't make sense to see her and have an impassioned speech about like Hank, a character who we saw um, only in like two episodes, I believe um in better call saul that that doesn't make sense that this is strictly for the breaking bad people and i i mean first partially i mean yes it i guess if you only watch better call saul it doesn't make sense i can't imagine that the people who watch better call saul there it's gotta be a minority have not watched breaking bad be actually very interested to see like how small that then or how big that venn diagram would be but um I think it even works in that context because Hank did reference his wife both times. We or every time we see her, like they make reference, and it's important to see that his involvement with Walt um, has had horrible consequences. And really, even in the Breaking Bad world, um, the negative aspects of Walt becoming a meth kingpin were always limited to. Um, the people we actually see on screen we never really talk about the um oh my god walt is selling a shit ton of meth to like eastern europe like it like that's the thing kind of gets glossed over but he's just got like eastern europe hooked on meth apparently <laughs> um but we view it like oh my god he got uncle hank killed oh my you know 
his son hates him and all that. And I mean, cause it's a show about a man who's doing this for his family. It makes sense. So I think it worked in here that we have the personal thing of, Hey, you got involved in these people and here's two federal agents, wives who were brutally murdered because you wanted to get rich. And I think it, you know, even if you didn't watch it, it still works. I think it's, if you did watch breaking bad, it's an extra like garnish on the plate to make it even that much better. I mean, kind of thinking, maybe they could have done a thing where they not not show Hank's death or anything because Saul wasn't there, but maybe mention it on the news or something, maybe to at least set that up first. Because in the context of Better Call Saul, we we did when did we see them? Was it season five? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So because, maybe because I mean, like, I to... when Lalo has been arrested, like they're um, involved in like it. So like I, you see him I think, twice in this fifth season. Okay. Well, maybe it couldn't have hurt to to maybe bring that back again. Um, maybe you know you see it in like a newspaper or something. One of the, like the marshal is reading on the plane or, or something. I, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. I mean, maybe you bring him one more time in season six, like when they're dealing with the whole Lalo skip bail and like they're showing the episode where um you know it's showing people are starting to avoid him because they know he's a mob connected lawyer now um you can see like hank and gomi giving him shit one more time and then um yeah like there's some reference to it um you know maybe maybe that's the thing that um you know carol burnett sees she's like seeing clips or whatever on line or you just like see like it shows she has other news articles up and it's like you know federal agents bodies recovered because they would have been recovered like you know four months ago in that timeline yeah yeah they could have done that yeah so maybe that's like one little one little uh slight shift to the lamborghini i would call it maybe you don't really notice it that much it's fine it's a i mean chip on the bottom of the bumper that yeah that's <laughs> uh yeah no i mean and i guess you know because we don't want to go too long on this um you know, uh, we don't want to just keep saying it's great. It's great. Um, I get, we should start wrapping up. Um, where do we want to place? Um, you know, better call Saul. Do we want to like try and say if if it's um as good as Breaking Bad or better potentially? Um, I at the very like it's just as good at the very least. I'm confident in saying that. I mean, this is one of the best shows I've ever seen. If I had never watched Breaking Bad, I would still say that. Um, is it better than Breaking Bad? I think it's possible. I think it's debatable. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not real ready to make that. I'd have I, I have to go back and rewatch Breaking Bad to see. Right now, they're just very different shows. Breaking Bad is kind of like it's kind of like a page turner, like reading like a Stephen King book, where it's like, holy shit, I have to, I can't wait to see what's next. Whereas with Better Call Saul is kind of like reading Charles Dickens, where something that you kind of take your time with more. They're just very different beasts. Um, but in terms of execution. I think that remains to be seen but i think the fact that we're even entertaining the idea is a real testament to better call saul the fact that it stands on its own so well yeah i um from my perspective one i was johnny come lately to better calls or breaking bad i didn't watch it until it was um off um just i don't know why i was watching amc at the time i mean hell i was watching rubicon over this over breaking bad like that that is a fucking weird choice to make to uh, miss breaking bad when it narrowed so my viewpoint on that show is different because i marathon that um i 
really enjoyed it, of course. Uh, where Better Call Saul, I came in on season two, I believe, I think. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I um, two or three. I, I, th- I, I cannot honestly recall. I know I was watching it season four because you and me had to deal with a bunch of bullshit to watch it, and I remember that vividly. Um, so for the either way, for the vast majority of Saul, I was watching it live. So I think being able to savor it and wait for the um, week to week, month to month, year to year for seasons um, helped me enjoy it, savoring it a little more. Um, I will say I think I do enjoy it more, and I think what allows me to say that is I watched El Camino soon as it dropped. Like I stayed up to midnight to watch that, like when it first dropped on Netflix. I was so excited, and I really enjoyed it. But um, I don't know if I'll necessarily need to go back to watch it again. So watching something else brand new in the Breaking Bad universe and being just like, yeah, it's good. I really enjoyed it but not feeling as positive about that as I knew Saul, I think personally I would say um, I enjoy it more than Breaking Bad. Yeah. Your mileage may yeah. vary, maybe objectively speaking. It's not, I don't know what the critics and audience will say five, ten years down the line, but as of right now, I personally liked it better. Yeah. Objectively speaking, I I think it'll hold up against Breaking Bad at the very least. I think yeah. it'll still be talked about in equal measure. Um I mean, someone I mean, said I, I, up like this is like the Godfather one and two of television, basically. It kind of is. It's just amazing over the, how many years? What fourteen years this, this has been? And like it just oh eight, I think, right? Oh eight, yeah. I remember when it came out, Breaking Bad, and then it's just just the consistency and quality. I mean, who just who would have thought of a spinoff of on Saul Goodman would have been this good at, at the time? You're just hoping they don't screw it up, but the fact that it's this like not only a great show but one of the best shows ever. It's just an it's just an impeccable show. Yeah, from, and from start to finish. Yeah, and I mean, I you know Jake famously doesn't watch TV shows too often. That's always a, anytime me or Jacob say, "Hey, you should watch this." He's like, "Yeah, I'm sure it's great." Uh, but you know, I I do watch a lot of TV shows, and you know some of my other favorite shows are um, For All Mankind and The Boys, which were all around this same time. I'm I really don't know what the hell I'm gonna watch now that they're all done. Um, but I really enjoyed those seasons when they were on this season or whatever. And I'm like, wow, those were very enjoyable finales. And then I went on with my life versus this. I was like, I was fucking antsy for the rest of the goddamn night. And like I said, stayed up to 1am to hear what Jake's, um, opinion on it was. And it's like, that was not the feeling I had for either of those other shows. So, I mean, it just really, I guess, exemplifies that to me. Like, oh my God, this is one of the best shows ever and the fact i will never be able to watch another new episode of better call saul is heartbreaking to me yeah but we could always could always rewatch it but experiencing it for the first time and everything it just it's i mean that's what great art does to your point about it sticking with you and i, I think that's why it'll stand the test of time it, it like better call saul ending is kind of like the end of an era for me where i, I think i mentioned this to you where it comes from that era of like the golden age of television which i think has been long over where it's just about great writing and it really just best exemplified what the format of tv could do and we don't really get that anymore now it's just it's quote-unquote content and everything is needlessly stretched out and no one has any idea how to write a tv show but with this this was like the, the last the vestige of that era and now it's over so it's yeah 
I, I can't I can't think of any other TV show that's going to be this good. Um, I, I mean, I haven't. I can't. I mean, not that it can't happen, but good luck because at, at the very least, yeah, like I said, this this is the end of an era, and I'm I'm glad I, you know, we I was there till from the beginning to end. It was a great experience. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sad I joined on a little late for Breaking Bad, but I'm glad I was here for this. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I that that has I have the utmost respect for um Vince Gilligan, Peter Gold, and like all the other um team members of you know the Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, verse that they're like, no, we're done. You know, it's like we we don't have any more stories we want to tell. You can't be a one trick pony. Um, Vince Gilligan said. You can't keep betting it on black and hoping that it turns out well that, you know, they're walking away from this incredibly lucrative. I mean, like, don't tell me if they said we're going to do a Huel spinoff that AMC wouldn't green light that immediately at this point. But they have the respect for the story and the characters to be like, no, that would be a bad idea to do anything else. And we have no more stories. I mean, like what more can we like do we need to see a gus storyline not really i mean i'm sure it would be good but like you know no i mean they wanted to come back and do it i'm sure it'd be good but like i want them to actually want to do it and i don't think that's gonna happen and i'm fine with that i'm bitter it's a bittersweet thing that we won't get any more of these characters but i'm content with that oh me too look whatever they want to do if they feel like it's over it's over but if they want to come back and say hey let's do a lyle spinoff i'll I'll fucking watch it from day one. Like I'm, I'm there, man. Like I, at this point, it was like, yeah, we didn't need a Saul spinoff either, and look what happened. And it's like these guys have just earned, just all of you know. There, there is no reason to doubt them at this point. If it's the same team and they say they want to tell a story, go ahead. I, you, you just know it's going to be great. It's not going to be some sort of cynical, you know, cash grab. It's, it's going to be something genuine, uh, like, you know, like it has been over these past fourteen years. Yeah, no, I, and I, I'll wrap up on this. Um, I'm always reminded of um, the integrity of Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale when it comes to the Back to the Future franchise, my favorite movies of all time, when they said, we're never going to make a fourth one, and they've made it ironclad that Universal can never get their mitts on it and are trying to figure out how to tie it up in their wills that their children and their grandchildren can't allow a fourth one to be made. And God damn it, that is the most integrity I've ever seen in this industry. And, you know, that, rem- you know, I think that's the kind of integrity we're going to see here with um, this team that, like, you know what, if we don't have a story to tell, we're not going to do it. And, you know, by God, I can respect the hell out of that. They're putting the art over the profits. And that's something you really, really don't see too often. Yeah. Story's done. The story's done. It's up. It's. Either way, it's on their terms, and I, I trust it no matter what. Yeah, so. All right, well, we will be wrapping this up now, so we hope you enjoyed hearing us talking about um, Better Call Saul. All right. Bye, Saul. Watch the show. Yeah, if you haven't watched it, please do. Yeah, it's probably weird if they hadn't, but whatever. <laughs> Good night, everybody.